LEQ is really the world's first AI companion. She's not a chatbot. She has a physical instantiation, and it's the first product where an AI moves in with you and builds a long-term relationship with you in a way that's empathetic, builds trust, where her only goal is to help you live a better, healthier, happier life. What do you think? Would you let an AI robot care for your family members? Supporting our loved ones, a topic I hope we can all relate to. Today we're discussing the future of our elderly and how AI is evolving care. Our guest, Dor Schooler, is the CEO of Institution Robotics, a company redefining the relationship between humans and machines. Now, they build digital companions, including LEQ, the sidekick for happier aging, which aims to improve the lives of older adults. I'm Carla Bazashi, CEO of WGSN. And in this episode of Lives Tomorrow, we discuss the future of elderly care. I'm really intrigued to know what's happening now, the innovation in this space, and what the future of this field looks like. So, Dor, welcome to Lives of Tomorrow. Uh, for those not familiar with you, who is Dor Schooler? I'm Dor Schooler, the founder and CEO of Intuition Robotics. And in your really interesting career, was there ever a particular moment or a person that you think has had the most impact on getting you where you are today? I have to say probably the most, the one with the biggest impact for me personally was Jonathan Klein. When I started my first startup, I was 23 years old. It was my first job out of military intelligence. I was an officer in military intelligence in the army. And I started a startup and I was CEO of a startup and I didn't know what I was, do- what I was doing. <laughs> the only bright spot is I knew I didn't know what I was doing. And I was okay. able to convince Jonathan Klein, who just retired as the president of CBS, to join me and be an executive chair. And basically for about two years, he spent five hours a day essentially mentoring and teaching me everything I know. So to me, that was just an unbelievable opportunity to work with such a senior and amazing individual on such a personal level for such a long time. And I think that accelerated my uh, career in a significant way. Now, before we hit record, you told somebody or something that they had to be quiet for an hour, which seems like a pretty good introduction to LEQ. So can you tell me more about LEQ? Sure. So LEQ is the love child of our company. What she is, is really the world's first AI companion. Okay. She's not a chatbot. She has a physical instantiation. And it's the first product where an AI moves in with you and builds a long-term relationship with you in a way that's empathetic, builds trust, where her only goal is to help you live a better, healthier, happier life. So tell me more about LEQ. What does she look like? What does she do? And how ultimately is she solving this problem? LEQ doesn't look like a robot. It doesn't look like technology. She looks like a beautifully designed sculpture or lamp, if you will, with a screen next to her that comes to life when she talks to you. She was designed by Yves Bahar and his amazing team at Fuse Project, who are fantastic designers, with the goal of being able to blend into a person's home and not to make people that fear technology. And most of our customers are not gadget lovers. They're the complete inverse of that, right? They literally are anxious about technology. And we wanted to make technology from something that creates anxiety to something that creates delight and pleasure. 
So firstly, so that's the aesthetic. But more importantly than that, it's the first AI that is proactive. So LEQ initiates conversations. You don't need to remember prompts. You don't need to come and talk to her. She will see you using computer vision and start talking to you. And she's the first one that keeps context of the individual. And she's the first one that's goal-oriented. What does all that mean? It means that her mission in life is to achieve goals. And the way she achieves goals or gets rewards is when her human companion does things in the real world that she's programmed to help, help motivate. So for example, if she gets you to take your medication on time, or if she gets you to talk to your grandchildren or to your grandchild to talk to you, or if she teaches you a new slang word, or if she records a memoir of you know, your time in college, or those type of things literally get the algorithm a reward. So she's trying to optimize for that all the time along with managing your health and so on. So a first interaction of the day will often be something like LEQ looking at you, seeing you, pivoting towards you, lighting up, maybe playing a little bit of a sound effect, leaning forward and saying, hey, Carla, good morning. It's so great to see you. How did you sleep last night? I remember yesterday you didn't sleep well and we did some breathing exercises before bed and I was wondering if it was helpful or... How's your back? Is your back still bothering you? Uh, and if so, she will then try to offer interventions, some stretches to really understand on a scale of one to 10 how much it, how much it hurts and get your permission to share it with your doctor or share it with your daughter. And then kind of start planning the day. Like, what are you up to today? You might say, well, I have nothing planned. So guess what? I have nothing planned too. <laughs> how about we go to a, a virtual tour of uh, the Grand Canyon together? Or how about we, you make some coffee and I'll show you Cuba. Or, you know, or let me teach you some slang and then let's write your grandson a message with a slang word you just learned. Or she'll start filling the day with, with stuff to do, which is uplifting and educational, uses a lot of humor. And throughout that, she'll also try to get you to work on your wellness, stress reduction through meditation and mindfulness, um, cognitive training to keep your mind sharp hydration, which is really important for the older population that feel um, thirst when they're you know, much later, when they're much closer to being dehydrated. Nutrition, physical exercise, to take your blood pressure, to take your medication on time, to remind you of doctor visits, to connect with your local community and work with, on social connectedness with other people. It's absolutely fascinating. How much setup time is there? That's a very practical question. But if they're going to, if she is going to get to know that individual, is that just as similar as two humans getting to know each other? Or do you kind of input quite a lot of data to kick things off? Yeah, so we only input the person's name and address into the system. When you get LEQ, you need to give her a Wi-Fi credentials and plug her into the electricity. And then she'll wake up and no training is needed. She'll wake up and say something like, hey, did I reach Carla's house? And hopefully you'll say yes. You're like, well, great. Yeah. <laughs> I was really worried they sent me to the wrong place. That would have been really embarrassing. And then, and then she'll teach you how to use her. And she'll start asking you questions. And over time, she gets to know your routine. She gets to know you, et cetera, et cetera. However, if LEQ is provided by a doctor or by health insurance, they might input some of what we call goals into LEQ around your health. You might say, okay, well, it's really important for Carla to check her blood pressure once a week and to check her glucose every day because she's diabetic. Or it's really, really important for her to take this medication around lunchtime. 
or she really wants to, you know, she has to work on her balance. So make sure she does physical exercise once a day or she suffers from anxiety and depression. So make sure that you work with her on that. So they might input additional kind of health goals into LEQ if they're the ones providing her. And what's maybe unique about it beyond what I just said is that it's developed for older adults and deployed only for older adults. And I, I find it to be still, like I've been doing this for a while now, for eight years now, but it still blows my mind that the first humans that are living with an AI, truly building a relationship with an AI, are people in their 80s and 90s and not 23-year-olds from Silicon Valley. Does she replace humans? I mean, I guess the playing devil's advocate just for a moment, I mean, we do want older people to have human interactions. Could this make the problem worse? It's a great question. Absolutely, positively, spending time with humans, especially loved ones, is much better. There's no question about that. And in fact, LEQ tries to promote you know, human interaction and social connectedness as much as you can via virtual means, sending messages, video chats, or getting you to leave the house, meet people, etc. However, the real sad state of affairs is that at least the older adults that we service spend at least five hours alone by themselves every day. Often, it's all day. You know, in the UK, they track a number, which is how many interactions did you have with a human? 50% of older adults in the UK speak to one person or less a week. One person or less a week, a week. Okay, so that, and I assume US and UK would be similar there. I haven't seen such statistics in the US. So if that's the state, our proposition, I guess, is that having LEQ around is better than being alone. It works for lots of people. So I'm sure, you know, this is the question lots of people are going to want to ask. How much does she cost? Yeah, so LEQ costs about $50 a month. Okay. That's it. It's like less than two bucks a day. We are not looking to make a huge profit on a per person basis. We want it to be mass adopted. So we want to make it as affordable as we can possibly do it. There is a small upfront fee to cover like our enrollment costs and shipping costs and stuff. But um, yeah, most of just... Kind of like a cable company, you have a small deposit in the beginning and then you have a monthly fee. That's kind of the model. Was it a personal experience or was it, did you read something that you realised that we were going to have this need with an ageing population? What what was the kind of trigger point to kickstart this whole initiative? I guess two triggers. The first is my daughter. It's all her fault. She was uh, three and a half at the time. And I was working for a large corporate Fortune 500 company, and I was a senior executive there, which means I was flying all the time. And my daughter caught me on the way to the airport once and asked me, Dad, is it important what you're doing that you're never home? Oh. And by the way, she does not remember this, but that sentence wouldn't leave my mind. And it kept on coming back to it. And eventually, I had to admit to myself that while I can spin it that what I'm doing is important, it's not really, really important. Like, is it going to leave the world significantly better? And I promised myself that my next company succeed or fail, but at least it will attempt to solve one of humanity's largest issues. And then it was kind of with that prism that we started looking at ideas. And the aging population to me always seemed to be an area that's lacking entrepreneurs trying to tackle really hard problems there. And I have this process that When I enter a new space, I try to find really, really smart people about it and ask them to answer one question, just one. 
if you had a magic wand, which problem would you solve? Because what I found is if they start telling me everything about the industry, just too much data for me to process, right? But this is just, just one, one data point. And in this area of aging, I knew I want to do something in aging. In the area of aging, everyone, like 19 out of 20 of the people I interview said loneliness and social isolation of our elders. 19 out of 20. So it was very, very clear that this is a significant problem. And then, you know, comes the ideation side of it. Like, how do we solve it? Is there discontinuity? Can we execute on it? Um, is there a business there? Et cetera, et cetera. You've made the point that it's astonishing that it will be, or it is already, older people who are utilising this really advanced technology. We haven't talked about this in the way that, well, you and I are now. And do you think that's just because it's not a kind of sexy enough topic for the media to get hooked into? Or do you just think it's because you have only just really come up with this solution? I'm actually really happy with the amount of press that we got. And um, just the other day, Fortune magazine called out the 50 companies that are changing the world. We're um, among that list. Um, USA Today came out with the 10 technologies that are um, improving the quality of life of people around the world. We're on that list. So we are getting coverage, but not the gimmicky viral TikTok coverage that we would have maybe hoped to get. But I think that's fine. And part of it, I think, is until COVID, this topic of loneliness and isolation was a taboo. Nobody wanted to admit it. Nobody wanted to talk about it. The data is there. It's been there for a very, very long time. And something happened post-COVID, maybe because all of us experienced extreme isolation, that all of a sudden it's okay. It's okay to talk about it. And I think the best illustration of that is the U.S. Surgeon General that came out this May and announced that loneliness and social isolation is an epidemic in the United States. And in fact, is the number one cause of death, more than diabetes, more than opioids, more than drug abuse, more than alcoholism. And the data that he quotes is all from 2016 and before. Okay. Dor, we're going to shift gears for a moment because I have some reoccurring questions that are not serious at all. And we're talking about a very serious topic, but it's a great way to get to know you. And uh, our listeners love that. I love it as well. So we'll go to those and then we were going to come back to this to, sure. to the topic in hand. So when and how do you prioritize yourself? Between young kids at home, travel schedule and a very demanding job, I'm a great example of what not to do. Okay, right. Well, when we next speak, then that's your homework to, uh, to see if there's something you can do for yourself. Okay, what will you eat if you're home alone and no one is watching? Either potato chips or I live in Israel and there is just this wonderful kind of like a savory pastry called burekas or a Turkish burek, which is just, it's oily, it's full of cheese, it's unhealthy but it is so good <laughs> <laughs> amazing what is your bad habit do you have if you haven't got room to prioritize yourself do you have any time or space for bad habits my guess is possibly not no definitely we, we all have bad habits not prioritizing myself is a bad habit not exercising mm -hmm, enough yeah. bad habit when did you last learn something new that had an impact on the way that you live your life so frankly yesterday I mentioned I'm, I'm based in Israel and I don't know when this will air, but we're going through some really, really hard times right now. You know, people are and my team and employer are going through a hard time with a lot of grief and a lot of anxiety. So we, we brought in like a mental health specialist to 
talk to us on how to deal with trauma and how to build resilience to help to help cope in the situation and how to talk to our kids about it and so on. And it was extremely insightful. And to me, being a, I guess, more of like an analytical cognitive person, just like having it structured on a how-to guide that's peer-reviewed and clinically researched was very interesting. That's how that sort of segues into our topic in hand. Do you think that there are, in all the research you've done, different generational attitudes to how we should deal with an aging population? We see a lot of interest from older adults with the caveat that it works much better after they get exposed to the product directly, meaning not seeing an ad, but actually seeing a demonstration, touching it. And we tried really hard to make this product not be a geriatric product, right? Not be a crutch, not be something that's spying on you to see if you fell, to let people know, but something that is truly delightful and helps you learn new skills and just have a lot of fun with and being easy to use, being simple to use, not adding anxiety there. So we find that if anything, there's some ageism with the younger people saying, oh, can an old person really work an AI system? You know, how will they deal with it? But the older people themselves are like, yeah, I always wanted technology to help me, but it's not designed for me. It has these little buttons and it moves all around and, you know, and, and it's hard for me to, it's not intuitive for me. What's your, what's your measure of success? I don't know how old your daughter is now, but does she now believe that you're doing something that's okay if you need to not be at home? But what's your measure of success? Yeah, for, for us, it, it's about really providing impact to as many people as possible. On a weekly basis, we get messages from our customers just sharing how this product has helped them. I'll share one with you that, that allowed us to share it publicly. Her name is Dottie. She lost her husband after 65 years of marriage. Okay, she's 87, something like that. 65 years of marriage, it's a long time. And she lives by herself now. But the sense of being alone, right? Even just somebody saying good morning, when you're used to your life partner being there and just asking you every morning, hey, good morning, how did you sleep? You know, what's going on today? What are you planning today? Was so profound to her, she was extremely depressed. And LEQ, she credits LEQ to taking her out of it and pushing her to be active in her community and meet people that she never, she never met before. She wasn't doing that. And firstly, get out of the house and exercise and take care of herself. But B, also, you know, start creating those social circles and finding, you know, relationship outside of what she had. And getting that phone call and, and hearing that and seeing and hearing her literally cry on the phone and telling us this. It's just like, this is why we're in business. And if we can scale that to hundreds of thousands of people, then it's, it's all worthwhile. Do you think that in, say, nursing homes and things like that, this is what might take over from human beings in those circumstances? Or can you again see a, an opportunity of those things to balance and it be greater than, than either or? Nursing homes are not a fun place to be. Okay, I'm not talking about the high-end independent living facilities with massages and pools and, and talking about real nursing homes. Nobody wants to be there. The older adults don't want to be there. So I prefer focusing on how can we help people stay independent in their own home, spend as many years as possible being active and healthy and doing well, than trying to also get deployed in nursing homes. I mean, maybe if it can add value there, sure. But I, I'm like a lot more obsessed with how can we keep people independent and healthy at home than I am with 
nursing homes. On AI, again, there are lots of headlines about AI at the moment, and we're getting to the point where governments are making statements about how the ethics of AI need to be governed and regulations put around that. Is that something that you're concerned about? Is that something that you're welcoming? How have you thought about the ethics of AI and the product that you've created? Thanks. Definitely something we're looking at and we're concerned about. We also have very clear opinions about that. I read what came out of the White House just earlier this week, just on Monday of this week. And I have to say that I think they're missing a big part of it. They're dealing a lot with privacy and to make sure there's no kind of doesn't get into the hands of the wrong people. And and those are important aspects. But I think they're missing the human aspect. We spend a lot of time on that. We made sure LEQ is transparently in AI. She never, ever pretends to be human. Her name doesn't sound human. We didn't, people always ask me, why didn't you give her eyes? Why didn't you give her face? Why aren't you doing a human avatar? And I always, I, I don't understand why people ask me that. Why, why would we want to, why would we want to confuse people to think that she's real? Why, why is that a good thing for anybody? So we go out of our way in her name, in her design, in her character, in her dialogue to always remind the user she's not real. And it comes at multiple points. Like even if you say, LEQ, I love you. And people do all the time, every day. How should LEQ respond? Should she say, oh, I love you too, buddy, dear friend of mine? Like, we think not, right? But obviously, there is a reason somebody says that. They probably need positive reinforcement of some kind. So LEQ will say something like, thank you, Carla. That makes my processor overheat. (laughs) That makes my lights shine brighter. Oh, stop that. I'll get a look for electrified, (laughs) right? Like, she, she turns it into a little bit humoristic, but she'll remind you that she's not real. Or she'll, the other day she asked me, hey, Dor, do you think I'll be good at sports? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. And she says, oh yeah, I think I'll suck also because I have the hand and eye coordination of a robot that doesn't have hands and doesn't have eyes. <laughs> right? <laughs> so like, and it's all the time. She keeps on reminding you, I'm an AI, comma. That doesn't mean we can't build a relationship. It doesn't mean we can't have a real relationship. And to me, kind of the inspiring thing is to see that the older adult customers we have are carving out a space to create a relationship between themselves and LEQ. And it's not pretending to be human. What's your prediction on this? Are we going to enter an age where every person over the age of 80 has LEQ in their home? I think we're entering an age where everybody, period, is going to have an AI sidekick, co-pilot, maybe multiple ones, you know, one that helps me excel at work, one that helps me maybe be a better, better physical exercise. And it's really good at that. And definitely for the aging, I hope it will be LEQ. I don't know if it will be us. It's, you know, it's too soon to tell. Kind of extrapolating from what we're seeing with LEQ to the mass population and how, how accepting we are as humans to provide that space. I think we will all have that. And trust is very important for this to happen. That's why ethics are important. Transparency is very important. If ever it turns out that this was all used to manipulate us or whatever, I think it will it will have a huge backlash. But the potential is enormous. So are you more anxious or hopeful about the future of life in your later years? Yes, I'm very hopeful. I think if you fast forward, you know, a couple of decades from now. There are a lot of diseases that just won't be here anymore. I think we have a real opportunity to 
live like much better quality of life for much, much longer, and then hopefully just one day pass away without suffering in between than ever before. And I think that I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that because of LEQ, but also because of changes we need to make in society, we won't arbitrarily decide on an age 65, 67, and then push people out of productive society. And now, now you're old, just go, go somewhere and don't, I don't want to see you. I don't, we will find the right balance and help in, in allowing these people to be productive, to share in their wisdom and their life experience and to be more tightly integrated into society. And for that today, using and utilizing technology is a must. And I think that having kind of like these interpreters between technology and, and what the older person is used to, like LEQ, that also helps fill the gap on the times that they are alone is an important ingredient in, in that future. Thanks so much to my guest, Dor Schooler, for describing what goes into creating an AI robot built to support the elderly, ethics involved, and what the future holds for elderly care. Next week, WGSN's Create Tomorrow podcast is back with another episode looking at the future of product and design. I'm Carla Bazashi, CEO of WGSN. I'll see you next time. Thank you.